Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jesse. Uh. I don't, it's a weird question, um, but I'm looking around the studio. I guess I hadn't thought of it before. I don't see Jordan here. Oh, yeah. he's uh, He was here earlier, but he, he had to leave. He left? Yeah, he left. He said he had to go find himself. Well, this is the 300th episode of Jordan Jesse Go. He's supposed to be here recording with me. Yeah, he said it was a lot of pressure. Nah. You know, he just wanted to take some time to get out of his head and Really figure out who he was. You didn't try and stop him? No. You didn't see that as the producer's part of the producer's role? Uh, it, di- it did not occur to me at the time. It, it is occurring to me now that I probably should have done that. I mean, ha- at the very least, have him find himself here on air. Yeah. Next time. That's good. That's Just good. Give him some ayahuasca <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, I can't do this 300th episode without him, so... Um, do you mind if, if you stop the recording, I'll go see if I can find him. It turns out, I mean, I didn't know if you knew this, but before I was a broadcaster, I was a private dick. Oh, I did not know that. A gumshoe. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, That comes in real handy. I'll, if, you're willing to, if you're willing to come with me, yeah. I, I'm going sure. to try and track him down. And maybe by the time the next segment starts, I will have found him. That'd be great. I think that's 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 a great idea. It would be for the best. Okay, sure. we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. I'm Brian Fernandez, Sunny D. Brian. Yeah. Is that Jordan right here at this cattle auction? Oh my gosh, he's right there in front of us. I can't believe you guys tracked me down. Well, you left a trail of clues. My history as a private dick (laughs) led me to be really good at tracking clues. I don't know why you're laughing. I'm going through a I'm going through a giant life change right now. Sometimes I, I just laugh at when how I used to be a gumshoe and now I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. But I understand Listen. life changes because I used to be a gumshoe and then I became a professional podcaster. Yeah, so well this is I'm kind of going through the same thing now and I just ask that you respect it. I mean I think when you tried to leave gumshoeing, people didn't track you down and try and drag you back into it. So if you guys could just you know, leave me be, I would appreciate it. What are you doing at this cattle auction? Listen, I... The life of a podcaster just... I mean, it got to be too much for me. Like, the lifestyle is, you know, just so taxing that I just wanted to get away from it all, get away from, you know, Hollywood and all the, you know, podcasting galas and the groupies and the designer drugs that come along with podcasting and I just wanted to live off the land so I'm here at this cattle auction as I'm sure you can hear as well as see because you're here but also the sounds of it are all around us sure I just want to like 
you know, get a get a couple of heads of cattle and and find a ranch somewhere and, you know, settle down and kind of kind of lead a more idyllic lifestyle away from the decadence of podcasting. So you're just going to buy a ranch, buy a few heads of cattle mm-hmm. and just become a cattleman? Yeah, I mean a beef rancher? <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you know, I mean I'm I'm going to start out with uh kind of cow rides like selling cow rides to local children, but so then you're once gonna I use your show business roots. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a little bit of PT Barnum in it. Um, you know, I have this skill set, hucksterism. Sure, exactly. I mean, what is podcasting but flimflamery? <laughs> and I'm gonna. By the way, have you heard my new podcast with the Fiji mermaid? <laughs> no, I haven't, and that's just a monkey tape to a fish. <laughs> so don't try and sell your snake oil with me. <laughs> well, Jordan, my living is wrapped up in podcasting. I couldn't do anything without you. Well, I mean, you'll just have to figure it out. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm just at a time where I need to stop you know, looking out for everybody else. I mean, Look, I can't just go out on the street and find myself another Joyce Heth, the nurse <laughs> of George Washington, who later Barnum claimed was made of India rubber. <laughs> Jesse, that woman was just a monkey taped to a fish. <laughs> okay. Hey, Jordan. What? What? Would you give me a few moments to convince you of the good side of your lifestyle as a podcaster. I guess. I mean, I've really thought this through and I think this is a decision I'm I'm ready to stick with, but you know, you came all this way, you tracked my various credit card purchases and found me here at this cattle auction, which we can all hear. Yeah. And uh so I guess I I guess I owe you that much. Hey Brian, why don't yeah. you give uh Jordan these headphones? Uh-huh. Here, here, Jordan, take these headphones. Oh, no, I have my own. I actually made my own out of leather. Oh. Because, I mean, again, I'm trying is, to live yeah. off the land. Is it's that what fancy. happened with your first head of cattle? No, I mean, I just chopped up some leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> that you had from your podcasting yeah. day. Yeah, I mean, my da- I mean, you know all these sunset strip parties we have to go to as podcasters. Oh, no doubt about it. Leo Laporte parties. Mm-hmm. Oh, my Leather gosh. pants only. Yeah. <laughs> LPO. That's the dress code. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not getting into, you're not getting into Marin's orgy unless you're, <laughs> unless you are covered in leather. Okay. I do still have the gimp mask. In <laughs> Jordan, I have, I, okay. I'm going to play for you through your leather headphones mm-hmm. The time that you told a wonderful story about your crazy, wonderful, debauched Hollywood lifestyle. Okay. Um, It's about pancakes. Let's listen to it together. Jordan, in an effort to live a more healthy lifestyle, gave up sugar. Yes. Uh, Well, I guess maybe more specifically sweets. sweets. Um, He'll eat like a a bread. Yeah, like a ketchup. Yeah. Sure. Um... But yeah, I kind of decided to get rid of wow. candy, desserts, soda, wow. sugar and coffee, that kind of thing. Wow. Um, and it's been going pretty good. You know, there's been some lapses, like, uh, you know, like a cake at a wedding. Uh, there's a couple, you know, a uh, few margaritas with Mexican food. He ate a cake at a wedding. A whole cake, <laughs> yes. I married a cake in a wedding. <laughs> and then ate it. Um, 
But it something was good there. news. Good news is that he's Catholic, and it turns out if you eat your wife, that's an automatic annulment. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, there you sure. Go. It's called transubstantiation. <laughs> <laughs> it's very complicated. Um, it involves the crown of thorns. Sure. Um, but I had so I had I had a lapse that that kind of kind of made me wonder how committed I am to this whole thing. I um. It was our good buddy Chris Fairbanks's birthday. Yeah, and, very uh, funny, popular guest on this program. He, uh, he had his birthday party at a bar, like um, you know, just on the corner where my house was. So uh, I'm like, great, walking distance. So I walked, and I just, just really, just drank more than I have in a long time. And then in my mind, kind of what happened was that I walked home and went to sleep. Um, and then, <laughs> and then I, so Your this, mind. and then go to two days later. I'm in my car and I, I I have this overpowering the overpowering scent of syrup is in the car just like like Mrs. Butterworth's syrup and I don't know where this is coming from I don't know where it's coming from at all and I then I look on my sw- the sweater I'm wearing was the same sweater I was wearing that night and from I swear to God from shoulder to elbow is just caked in syrup like imagine syrup on like a wool sweater. Oh my lord! And and then I just got this crazy recovered memory, like this, like something that I had that was not in my brain before. And then I remembered with crazy clarity of me. I didn't leave the bar and go home. I left the bar and walked like a mile to IHOP and ate pancakes in a blackout <laughs> state, and apparently put my arm in in on the plate or in the syrup or in a pool of it somehow. And so, yeah, I, I, I've Wait, been... just by yourself? By myself. You just I got... I sat at the counter and just got... Not even like a breakfast, not even like, oh, the, you know, the Grand Slam. It was just pancakes. So you got so drunk yeah. that you weren't aware of what was going on around you. I right. love the recovered memory part of it. Like the... Like the children you think it's who had possible? a doll to yeah. point. Like, yes, show <laughs> me where you put the pancakes. <laughs> totally. Exactly. Do you think it's possible that your parents were in a satanic cult and that's what caused you to eat the pancakes? I mean, that would be nice if I had something to blame it on other than uh, poor self-control. <laughs> I have to say, when you first started telling the story of like being in a car and smelling syrup, my fear was that you drove in a blackout and got... Something and like you were discovering the scent oh, in the car. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, then, I, was, I was good enough to actually okay, walk. that's great. So then I was like, the fact that it would concern you, not that you drove blind drunk, right. but that you ate sugar. I'm like, no. what? <laughs> right, exactly. No, Jordan, the real, the, what really is the problem is you're drinking and driving. Um, I'm just relieved it was all over your sweater. Yes, it was. Um, I'm worried now that you're going to start drinking in order to black out, in order to enable yourself to eat pancakes. Yeah, I'm... But, you know, I guess here's the good part of that, is that the pancakes included a mile walk to and, to and from IHOP. So maybe that cancels cancels out the fact that... And we should mention that you were wearing Skechers Shape Up, so it used 5% more calories. Right. So, Jordan, what do you say? You ready to head back to Hollyweird? No, I mean, I think that just... Kind of confirms my confirms my decision. I mean, I mean that that tale of excess and Jordan. You know, I have an idea. Okay, you saying excess made me think of it. Mm-hmm. How about? Yes, I would like to go to an in excess. <laughs> <laughs> also, leather pants. Oh, yeah, wait. 
<laughs> Let's just say that you and I play a quick round of Wadlord. And whoever wins gets to pick your personal future. I kind of forget how to play Wadlord. Okay, Brian, can you play the Wadlord clip with our friend Phil Elverum? Yep. We did develop a game. I should, I should uh, release it here on your podcast. Oh, yeah. great. It's in development. So we haven't worked out all of the rules, but it's called Wad Lord. And it's, <laughs> it's based on a wad of cash. Uh-huh. <laughs> sure. That happens on tour. You know, you're selling merch or whatever. Yeah. And so <clears throat> different people contribute to the communal wad. And one of them, you need at least three, I guess, and at least three people. And one of them is designated as the Wad Lord. And they wear a long white beard and a visor. <clears throat> and they... um. This sounds like it might be a good Kickstarter project for us. Yeah, I think so. Put together a little kit. Maybe I shouldn't be launching it now, but whatever. Um, This is a good place to build buzz. You're building buzz. Building buzz, right? Yeah. Uh, The the Wad Lord is the only one that knows how much money is in the Wad. And it's uh, everyone else who has contributed. They know how many bills they have contributed and what denominations, but they don't know... um, what everybody else what, uh, Yeah, but okay. it's, it's the most basic game, actually. I don't need to explain it very long. You, you're trying to guess how much money is in the wad. But the thing is, you get the money if you get closest uh-huh. to it. And it could be like $500. Does, is, is part of the wad lord's duty to taunt you? No, the wad lord is basically just this omnipresent, all-knowing, all-seeing. Okay. Um, like a godhead. Godhead, yeah. And you would you might meet the wad he- you you might meet the wad lord if you did some salvia. Yeah, you might. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, if you contribute like a hundred dollar bill, then you know that kind of you're the one that knows that there's it's in there's, that neighborhood. There's more than a there's more than a hundred dollars. Yeah, exactly. So, Whereas other you, other people might guess that it's yeah less their, their than hundred dollars. Like eighteen dollars. Okay. Sure. And you're like a hundred and seventy five dollars. Yeah. And, but then if you lose it, then, you know, it's a bigger risk. I it's, mean, you can afford that kind of thing. You're the front man. <laughs> yeah, sure. You're from this operation. Everybody else is, everybody else, they're just, they're just side men. They're, they're, on of, the, they're basically on the dole. There's a lot of flaws to this game, <laughs> like strategically. I see none. <laughs> but I love how raw it is, just like exchanging sure. cash, just being like a pile of money. Who knows this and I like will win. I also like that it has costumes involved yeah. with it too. Well, cuz that's we couldn't figure out how to market it. We thought like yeah. no you don't need anything to play this game. You just need to know how it's played. And you would sell it just a giant money. box, yeah, exactly. maybe like a treasure chest that has a, you know, a, <laughs> a real beard. key that opens. Yeah, you have a beard and then a card that and says like, guess how much money there is. <laughs> yeah, that's the rules. <laughs> guess how much. Put on beard and uh, a money clip maybe. Like okay. A nice embossed. I'd like to see a range of products. Wad Kit Basic, <laughs> Wad Kit Advance. Oh, expansion wad packs. Kit Deluxe. There are yeah variations on the game. There's Wild Wad, and that's where different people. There's No Limit Wad and Wild can, Wad's can, just the same thing, but in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to like maybe follow the risk model, you guys can release a future version Wad 2050, uh-huh. <laughs> and then you know the Wad Lord is also a cyborg. Jordan, now that I've heard that. Mm-hmm. And thank you for playing it, Brian. Yeah. It doesn't seem like a good idea. It does not seem like a solution. Yeah. I apologize. I mean, again, I think that just, that, just, that just goes with my whole complaint about the world of podcasting leading to, you know, gambling, uh, kissing men, 
that sort of thing. Can I suggest that not all of the entertainment industry is as unwholesome as the indie rock business that Phil is in, Mm -hmm. where people Mm -hmm. are engaging in games like Wadlord. Um, Take, for example, silent film. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's something that you could do on the side if you came back to Hollywood. And maybe you and I could get going a reboot of the Foxy Grandpa franchise. I mean, it's tempting because, I mean, silent film has never been bigger. Jordan, Mm -hmm. let me play for you the time that you and I and Kimmy Gatewood talked about Foxy Grandpa for the first time on this program. And and I'll see if it changes your mind. Okay. Would you guys say that your favorite movie of the silent era Mm -hmm. or your favorite movie of all time is the boys think they have one on Foxy Grandpa, but he fools them. <laughs> I mean, it's in my top ten. Right. It's. I mean, it's right up there with um, horse running. It's one of the best of Joseph Hart's Foxy Grandpa films. <laughs> sure. I mean, he's the quintessential Foxy Grandpa. Kimmy, do you not remember this one? It seems Golly. like maybe you don't remember. Maybe if I remind you the plot summary, it will re- help you remember. If you wouldn't mind. The boys dance to Grandpa's banjo playing, mm. then indicate he can't equal their skill. <laughs> Grandpa gets up and performs an intricate step while still playing the banjo. Do you remember that one? It's... Coming back to me, um, was there Can a we... Foxy Grandma involved? Okay, l- let okay, me ask you. Right. Th- you might be thinking of Foxy Grandpa and Polly oh. in A Little Hilarity. Mm. Of course, that starred Carrie DeMar as, as Polly alongside pa- Polly, of Joseph Hart's classic portrayal of Foxy Grandpa. Mm-hmm. That's the one where Polly and Foxy Grandpa perform a vaudeville-style dance on a small stage in what appears to be a ragtime rhythm. Of course, there's no sound. It's a silent <laughs> film, so there's really no way of knowing. So you have to know by the by the by the rhythm of their dancing what the music sounds like. You right. have to kind of guess. Well, it appears to be a ragtime mm-hmm. rhythm, although it's certainly not a minuet. No, no, not at all, not at all. And it's not to be confused with other other films of the time, like Monkey Shines Number Two. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, nothing compared to Monkey Shines Number One. I'll tell you, the original yeah. is always the best. Two is just a cat. <laughs> In. Yeah. Well, you can't just switch Belushi's. You know what I mean? You sure. can't just. <laughs> when did I'm I'm curious? This was Hiram Belushi. <laughs> when did and I'm Shlomo Belushi? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious when when what does Foxy mean here, and when did it come to mean like a babe, like that eighty, you know, the eighties connotation of Foxy, like you know. I think Foxy Grandpa must be like Wiley. Yeah, like right? Sly like a fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sly like a fox. Because you didn't, you wouldn't expect him to know such an intricate step while playing the banjo, but then he does. <laughs> so he was, you know, like a fox will, you know, conceal a dead chicken. Right. Grandpa will conceal uh, dancing abilities. Well, it revolved around Foxy Grandpa, an elderly gentleman with two mischievous grandsons. Of course, oh. their names. Chubb and Bunt, <laughs> who constantly <laughs> try to trick him. Oddly enough, Bunt was the fat one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, some, you know, I Chubb I, just always had an erection. If, <laughs> I were, if I were a gay pornographer, I would be looking into buying the rights to the Foxy Grandpa series right now. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. You get Chubb and Bunt and a little hot brother on brother action. Sure. I mean, I mean, that's great because what what you want these days in entertainment is an IP, an intellectual property that okay, has a sure. lot of name 
name recognition. Yeah. I mean, and that even extends into the gay pornography space, I would imagine. You know, like, I mean, you want you want something to, you know, you don't want to just pull a story out of thin air. You want something no. that people know. You want, like, a battleship, a Transformers, a Foxy Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just something that... Something that has like an immediate resonance in the audience. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, you can transform that as you will. You don't have to literally do a remake of Foxy Grandpa Shows Boys He is a Magician. <laughs> yeah. Although, if you are a gay pornographer, that might be a good place to start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, tagline. Can I tell you what, the, what easily the best one uh, to do if you are a gay pornographer is? Foxy Grandpa shows the boys are trick or treat. I can't even. Okay. Foxy oh, wait, Grandpa. Let me, I can guess which one it is. Uh, Foxy Grandpa massages the prostate. No. <laughs> it's Foxy. This one is actually very highly rated. This one's 8.1 out of 10 on IMDb. Wow. Fox- Who's rating silent movies on IMDb? <laughs> Sorry. Foxy Grandpa shows the boys a trick or two with the tramp. Oh, uh, that's the whole title. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm assuming Charlie Chaplin makes an appearance in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta figure. This one, this one does not have... It's like, that was kind of like the Avengers of the time. <laughs> yes, it really was. People have been watching these guys in uh-huh. separate movies. I, so the titles of these are just the plots. Yeah. Boys take grandpa's cigars with distressing results. <laughs> <laughs> So the, these are the actual titles. They're I'm like reading what, these from IMDb. I'm not making these up. These these titles are like are like the TV guide description of a show now. Yes, like it's just yes, absolutely. Although one of them is just called the creators of Foxy Grandpa. Oh, so do you think oh. that's like a behind the scenes featurette? I mean, I think it's probably like adaptation where it's like a meta. You know, kind of commentary on what I it's hope like to... that's silent as well. The yeah. creators of Foxy Grandpa. <laughs> Just waving their arms around. Why Foxy Grandpa escaped a ducking is one of them. (laughs) Mm. What is that? Foxy Grandpa's boys attempt to play a practical joke on him by putting a bucket of water over his door and connecting with a string to the doorknob. Ho-ho. How long are these movies? (laughs) While they are away... There's 60 seconds tops. Foxy Grandpa changes the string from the doorknob to the doorbell. Uh The boys return, pull the bell, and give themselves a ducking while Foxy Grandpa looks on with twinkling eyes from a corner of the window. Excellent comedy. Well worked out. So... Where does that description come from? <laughs> Just an autistic boy in Iowa. <laughs> I'm what I always wondered about that prank, the the bucket of water above the door. The bucket will hurt someone, right? Like, I mean, you don't, the water just doesn't come down. You get a fucking bucket in the face, too, right? I mean, especially if it's one of those old metal pails. Well, it's got to be a light, you got to use a lightweight aluminum bucket, right? Unless it works like the Lord of the Rings ring, which which flies up and lands on someone's finger perfectly every time it's thrown in the air. So, you're uh, saying, so a wait, bucket so just goes right on your head when yeah. it's above a door. So a ducking, if you will. So you've got some sort of magic bucket theory. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I'm glad. I want to know, what I really want to know is what the distressing results are when the boys take Grandpa's cigars. Mm. Grandpa flips the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Two boys are sitting on a bench smoking a cigar until they become ill. Foxy mm. Grandpa escorts a lovely young woman over to the bench as the boys run off. <laughs> what? Foxy Grandpa tricked them into stealing his cigars and smoking them and getting sick so that he would have use of the bench for fucking. Oh, so this is all an intricate ruse. 
<laughs> yeah, you know how Foxy. This is a Foxy guy. There's yeah. no doubt about. There's no doubt about I that. Bet, when I it bet, comes but to yeah, Foxy and I grandpa. bet like back in the day when you know when when sexuality was a little more taboo. If you wanted to hire a prostitute, you probably had to take her to a bench. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you don't want to be seen by a motel owner. No. You know, you didn't be defamed. You can't certainly can't have sex with a prostitute in your home. Mm-mm. No, absolutely not. Just got to drag her over to the bench. Well, there no. weren't a lot of cars to fuck in, so oh you yeah, know, absolutely. Benches were sure. a nice place, not on the ground. Yeah, you could fold your clothes, put them next to a tree. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, and then like maybe what? Like a, oh, that would be a funny. That would be a funny silent movie. Foxy Grandpa is fucking a prostitute on a bench, and then a raccoon runs away with his clothes. <laughs> Which one is that, Jesse? Oh, that's Foxy Grandpa fucks prostitute on bench. Raccoon runs away with his clothes. I'm really the, plot, the title is what is happening. I'm really interested now in this um, uh, in this other film by the star of Foxy Grandpa. Foxy Grandpa mostly just did the Foxy Grandpa films, sure. But he also starred in the film European Rest Cure. Mm. Um, that sounds kind of saucy. Sounds I mean, like a Chevy Chase franchise. <laughs> You know, Foxy Grandpa has new kids in every in every rest cure movie. Can I tell you? Can I tell you what the plot of European Rest Cure is? Sure. Hmm. An American going to Europe for a rest cure. Oh, sure. Which is something. That's an edema, right? That's gotta be. <laughs> yeah. That's just old time for edema. Uh, I mean, it's it's possible that it's group sex. Oh yeah, could be. Like in in 1902, that's what they called that. Mm-hmm. Or pickling your nuts. <laughs> <laughs> An American going to Europe for a rest cure says goodbye to his family, then boards a ship that heads out to sea, where it runs into some rough weather. Uh-oh. When they reach Ireland, the man has a mishap, and then in Paris, he gets involved in a fracas. <laughs> As he continues on to oh, his no, other stops. As he continues on Hopefully to his other stops, melee. things get even less restful. <laughs> Holy shit, there's this other summary. It has to be as long as the entire movie. It's like four paragraphs from the Edison catalog. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I think when I think European rescue, something else that comes to mind other than like weird enema sure. is like... You know, when they said a woman was hysterical and they would apply a vibrator, that seemed like something they would also call a rest cure. Those yeah. were the days. <laughs> Weren't they? Simpler times. <laughs> when a, Fucking on benches when a, and when an, jacking off when you're crazy. <laughs> when an industrial vibrator was the cure for basically everything. Immortal power. Plug it in. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I th- yeah, I mean, I think Foxy Grandpa is kind of ripe for a remake, if not in the gay pornography space. I mean, maybe you know, maybe it's like a webisode or something like that. I think we could bring back Foxy Grandpa. Yeah, who do you think Let's has kickstart the... this thing? Who do you, well, who do you think <laughs> do you has think the rights we need to it to do Foxy Grandpa? Probably like we probably could do it for fifteen thousand, right? Let's get Jack Black involved, guys. Uh, right oh, okay. immediately sure. as Foxy Grandpa. Sure. Okay, sure. we have Chubb. you don't want Alan Harkin. Yeah, Jack Black. I mean, we want him in old age makeup. I want Let's Donald here, Sutherland. Right. All right, yeah. Donald Sutherland's yep. good yep. choice. Donnie okay. Suth. Maybe Jack Black is um, not Chubb, the other one. <laughs> oh, Jack Black is one of the sons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. Bunt. Bunt, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you can, oh, you can, you can Jack Black and Steve Zahn. Let's get the gang Great. from Saving Silverman back. back together. Sure, get him back. America is demanding. Yeah. America loves to watch that today a.m. on Saturday on Comedy Central. Sure. So they... <laughs> Yeah, and then see maybe like an Alan Arkin. Um, I mean, maybe we can make make use of both 
both connotations of foxy and get like a John Slattery in there. Oh, man. He's a silver fox. Silver foxy grandpa. got it. (laughs) So, I mean, and I think he's, you know, every time he's given a comedic role, he does a pretty good job, I think. So, yeah, I mean, maybe it's... Maybe maybe it's time. Realistically, though, it's just going to be either you or me in a fake beard. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but we could say we have other casting ideas in the Kickstarter, on the Kickstarter Absolutely, page. yeah. I mean, this is to raise the money. And then, yeah, we raise the money, then we dash the hopes. And what, if we, what if we raise money to do it, to do the artificial aging with CGI? Yeah. Well, I mean, and Kimmy, how do you feel about playing the lovely woman? I mean, I guess this would... Penny, the one that gets um, fucked, or the penny, on, yeah, the... the one on the bench. How do okay, you feel the about bench? benches? Um, I'm good with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're lovely. Th- thank you. Thanks. And you're a woman. <laughs> and <laughs> and you're... I hate cigars. <laughs> <laughs> we yes, we would not need to apply any any uh, CGI to make you lovely. You would have to, you know. I thought you were going to say old person. Yeah. <laughs> you look elderly. <laughs> no, the young woman in this film is young. Sure. That's what is, why part of what makes it so funny, because the foxy grandpa, he's so foxy that he got himself a young girlfriend to fuck on that park bench. <laughs> <laughs> and he tricked her into agreeing to do anal. I would guess that the rights to foxy grandpa are owned by, like... Little Nemo? Yeah, or someone who, like, owns the Borax Company. <laughs> Or like <laughs> twelve mule train borax <laughs> featuring Foxy Grandpa. Yeah, so I mean, I guess we need to like find whoever has the rights to Foxy Grandpa, or whoever you know makes mustache wax or something. <laughs> somebody, somebody that owns Post Toasties. Sure. <laughs> Maybe it's in the public domain, you guys. Oh, maybe it is. Like America the Beautiful. Oh. Foxy <laughs> Grandpa. Now we have a song it? for the big musical number. Yeah. <laughs> Purple mountains, <laughs> majesty. My sons are easily tricked. <laughs> Either one. You know, Jesse, I, I I liked hearing that clip, I'll be honest with you. So did I. It was, it was fun. It was, I mean, it was a mm-hmm. lot of fun. You know, you're great. and Thank you. So are you, Jordan. I'm glad we're back together again. <laughs> no, this is great. Well, Can we go home? My problem, the problem is, I mean, I like your idea of rebooting the Foxy Grandpa franchise. Thank you. But as I was, as I was listening to that, I was also flipping through this Hollywood Reporter and it looks like Vin Diesel has already bought the rights to Foxy Grandpa, so this just can't happen. I'm, I'm there sorry, are two Jessica. things I'm surprised by. Number one, that Vin is comfortable playing a grandpa. Mm-hmm. And number two, that you can get the Hollywood Reporter right on the newsstand here in Billings. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a... It, first, I mean, I talk about the, you know, you talk about the P.T. Barnum-esque showmanship right. that I have to display. I mean, people... People don't work in the entertainment industry a lot here, but they value it. Right. And plus, you need it if you're going to go, let's let's say people are in town to go on a fly fishing trip with David Letterman and Dan Rather. Of course. Mm-hmm. Michael Keaton. I mean, I think, <laughs> I think just, you know, I mean, obviously I, I enjoy your company, Brian. I enjoy your company. And, oh, you know, thanks. guests like Kimmy Gatewood are always great. But, I mean, I think also part of what I don't like about, you know, the world of show business is the kind of, like, seedy characters that you just have to deal with. I mean, and it's not... P.T. Barnum types. Right. I mean, it's not something you choose, but it's just it just comes with the territory. And and personally, I'd, 
I'd rather hang out here with a, you know, more salt of the earth crowd instead of like, I mean, I don't know, just a, just give a me, shyster. Give like, me, give me an example. Well, give me an example. <laughs> I can only learn through examples. There was that time that I was, God, it's even like tough to talk about. Um, it's okay. I was trying to block it out, but there was that. You time can that tell me. I'm your therapist. Mm-hmm. I met Gallagher, and he made fun of my name. Mm. Brian, can you play that for us? Yeah, absolutely. No absolutely. <laughs> I just got off the plane. I was at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival. Portland, Oregon, with our friend early... Matt Bronger. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and basically a lot of really cool things happened, uh, but the but the most noteworthy is perhaps that I met Gallagher. Oh, ah, oh, ah, oh, ah. So, uh, we yeah. We should give Ricky some backstory. When Jordan and I were in college, Gallagher was scheduled to be on The Sound of Young America, but canceled at the last minute. But they were kind enough to give us a pair of tickets to see Gallagher in Salinas, California. Nice. Which turns out to be much further than we thought it was from yeah. Santa Cruz. <laughs> but, you know, we always, I, we always talked about getting out to Steinbeck country, and it was nice to have yeah. an excuse. Turns out it's like a, it's like a 90-minute drive from Santa Cruz. So we drove so far to get to Salinas, made it to this, like, town hall. And the two things that are important to know about Gallagher's show are, number one, he loves and respects his fans, signs autographs for like an hour, two hours before and after the show, rides around on a tricycle through the audience, throwing things before the show starts, Hmm. just loves his fans. And I think we should say, and I should also say this about the meeting I had with him this weekend, is I guess there's no way for us to prove whether we were seeing Gallagher or Gallagher 2. I think yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gallagher too is his brother who tours as who toured as Gallagher yeah. until he got sued by his brother Gallagher. Which right. um, was just doing his brother's act. Um, so that's number one. Loves and respects his fans. Number two, much more racist and homophobic than you expected. <laughs> just you, th- just a lot of a lot of sort of puerile, sort of fourth gradey race material. Oh. You know, just like, just sort of like black guys have big dicks and Chinese guys have small dicks type oh, material. Sure. Like, I can't remember that. The one only joke I remember specifically is him pouring. He's so, through this whole show, he's making pies to smash, mm-hmm. right? Because he smashes watermelons. That's his big grand finale, but he makes pies to smash first. And so he has these pans, pie pans, and he's putting different stuff in them that he's going to smash later at the end of the show. He doesn't smash anything. For a solid two hours. Wow. Yeah, he does. No like, opener. No, no opener. opener. Like oh. it's like it's like it's Springsteen. Like it's like uh, racist Uncle Springsteen. <laughs> Race, old racist old Uncle racist. Springsteen. <laughs> yeah. So he's filling pies with different shit. I do remember him, and he hates cities because he plays poorly there because he's terrible and not funny. And he put a giant, like borderline novelty size can of chow mein into a pan. And then he put a giant borderline novelty size can of fruit cocktail into the pan. And then he said, that's my San Francisco pie. That's the level of humor we're talking about at a Gallagher show. Wow. Yeah. For real. Big laughs on that line he got? Fucking Gallagher is destroying. (laughs) Yeah. Destroying. People are going crazy. At one point, right before the show started, Jordan turned to me and said, I, I remember this. He turned to me and said, wow, I hope he does the bit where he smashes the watermelons. <laughs> and this couple in front of us turns around angry. Uh-oh. And they say, and the, and the husband says, 
We've been to see him four times, and he always does the bit where he smashes the watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and just, I guess it's surprising because I guess, like, I'm, you know, my favorite thing to do as a child was to get up around 7 a.m. on a Saturday and just watch Comedy Central. Right. Um, and, you know, I would just watch whatever was on before or after Mystery Science Theater. So it was either Monty Python and the Holy Grail or a Gallagher special from, like, the 70s. And I guess I... Probably as- the two comedic high points of the 70s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I guess I, you know, I guess I always associate him as, like, a, you know, kind of a, a like, a free love guy. You like think of him as a- being, like, Robin Williams like, in his first special. Right, exactly. Or a kind of a wavy, gravy, Jerry Garcia kind of comedian. Like a goofball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is... And, yeah, it is. It was really amazing to hear the the racial stuff, but like anger. maybe a lot of anger. Yeah. Um. So here's here's here was my interaction with okay. them. Uh, it was just I was getting out of my. What are the circumstances? I hey? was getting out of my first show at the Mount Tabor Theater, um, and just kind of on the sidewalk, and um, uh, someone taps me on the shoulder. Um. And it's like a it's like a photographer. Or it's a girl with a camera. I think I've seen her taking pictures around. And she's like, "Hey, I'm a little drunk. Get a picture with Gallagher." <laughs> I turn around, and Gallagher is standing there uh, with a plastic bag from Seven Eleven. Uh, Gallagher also has a like um like not like a like a windbreaker with his picture on the back. Like a Gallagher anorak. Yeah, one of his signature anoraks. Right, and uh. And so I'm there with uh, Mike Burns and Mike Bridenstine. Yes. Um, and so everybody kind of crowds around Gallagher. Heather uh, Heather Thompson, too, I should say. Everybody who's there. Um, that maybe our audience doesn't know. Maybe they do. So everybody crowds around Gallagher. We take a picture. Uh, if you're friends with me on Facebook, you can see it. It actually <laughs> came out pretty good. Um, and then we just started talking to Gallagher. And Gallagher asked me – so he he, he – he got the information that we were all comics. He does not seem to know what the Bridgetown Comedy Festival is. He right. was brought was he in performing to do it. at it. He, I guess, was guesting on people's podcasts. Huh. Okay. So I think. Oh, you know, I think he's gonna. He's was on the live walking the room. Gotcha. Huh. Uh, it's anyways. interesting that he would do that because he's had bad experiences on podcasts. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm not sure he knows that. <laughs> yeah. He either thinks he was great or forgot that it happened. Um. So first, oh, first things first, he offers us pork rinds. Great. As a, in his plastic 7-Eleven bag is a bag of pork rinds. He that, offers us pork any rinds. dick pills in there? I did not see any uh, Vibramax <laughs> or ex- Extendo, Extendo files. Um, uh, but... Uh, An extendo file, by the way, is not a dick pill. That's a dick pill enthusiast. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sure. You know, the first dick pill was. (laughs) All right. What can I say? I'm quite the extendo file. (laughs) The ancient Babylonians had a version of the dick pill. Um, So he offers everybody pork rinds. Then he uh, he asked me if I was a comic, and I said that I was. And he's like, "So uh, so what's your name? And I said, Jordan. He's like, huh. So you're going with that? <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess so, right? I'm like, what's wrong with it? He's like, no, Jordan, it's like a girl's name. Like, what's your last name? I said, Morris. He's like, oh, you should call yourself that. And I like that Gallagher is right. like, advocating. advice. Is do exactly what I did. This works great for him. I mean, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
so so I told him my name was Morris, and he's like he's uh, so he's like, oh, you know what you should do, just double it, call yourself Morris Morris, and then what you do is you come out on stage and you say, are you ready for more Morris? <laughs> Uh, which seems like a great idea. Uh, so that happened, and then uh, then just uh, it segued seamlessly into racist Obama one-liners. Wow. Yeah. Can I say though? Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't look. I don't think Jordan's a girl's name. Yeah. I do like the name Morris Morris. I think that is a strong comedy name. Well, I mean, I think if I was, if this was the '70s, and I was looking to be a rainbow suspendered, uh, tie-dyed shirt, you know free love bus roller skating comedian Morris Morris is great but I mean you're like a fun guy still I mean that's true all I'm saying is I think Morris Morris would work for you right now the only kind of guy I think Morris Morris doesn't work for is like uh, I'm 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 telling the truth when everyone else is scared to yeah. That guy, like if Doug Stanhope's name was Morris Morris. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't buy it. Absolutely. I would have a hard time with yeah. that. But I think a fun guy like you. Do you think I should get fatter? Morris Morris. I was going to say, if, if you say, you're saying getting fatter, because right away I was thinking Bruce Bruce. If Bruce oh, Bruce can okay. exist. There's nothing wrong with Bruce Bruce. There's nothing wrong with Bruce Bruce Bruce, Bruce has had a lot of success, my friend. That's yeah. true. I mean, you get. Had a lot of success before he died from his corpulent obesity. <laughs> is well, Bruce you know. Bruce gone? I think Bruce Bruce is gone. What? Brian, can you look up whether Bruce Bruce is alive? Oh, no. I think he's passed on. Oh, I might be mistaken. He didn't. Make and you it. know, while we're while we're just while we're doing that, check- <laughs> he didn't make it. He didn't make <laughs> the eight hundred pound <laughs> crucible. <laughs> while you're doing that, check up on Earthquake too. <laughs> Probably just to be safe. Earthquake's definitely still with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Bruce is with us. Okay. Brian has confirmed. He was in the Whoa. movie Think Like a Man. I'll tell you. Turtle. Bruce Bruce. <laughs> what was he hosting? What was he hosting? He was hosting uh, Comic View or was he hosting? He was hosting Comic View for a minute. Showtime at the Apollo. He was, no. There was something that he was hosting that I feel like was in syndication. I, I, think, it was, I think it was Comic View. Yeah. Was it Comic View? Okay. He was a great host. He is not a great comedian, I don't really think, but he is a great host. Bruce Bruce comes out on stage, says some stuff, you're ready to fucking enjoy yourself. <laughs> That's what I think about Bruce Bruce. Like, he's just out there, he's having fun, you're having fun with him. He's got dancing ladies. Yeah. I remember he always had dancing ladies. It's fun. It's Bruce Bruce. We're all having fun. He so, can pull off a suit and dreadlocks, like the tight cornrows. <laughs> yep. I was in. I was always like, look at that. I like this guy. Absolutely. Yep. You start talking, buddy. You got me. So is the plan for me to get really fat? No. I think yeah. you could do more. I think you could be Morris Morris <laughs> with horn rim glasses. Oh, okay. What about like horn rim glasses? So I'm like a Shelly Berman type? Am I? Mm, I'm not talking about full-on elderly Jew glasses. Okay. Number one, that's my territory. Sure. <laughs> Number two. Step on your thing. Number two, I think, no, I think more of a... Um, you don't have to be a full-on Poindexter. I think you mm-hmm. could be a, a, a sort of a, you know, like a like a mid-century, like ah, oh, what is uh, what's our man on um, uh, like the other dudes on Mad Men, uh, beard guy, or For sure, uh, like the copywriters on Mad Men. Yeah, like the copywriters on Mad okay. Men. What's what's our guy? What's our guy that that we have met before from Mad Men? He's on um uh, he's on uh, Never Not Funny all the time. Oh, I don't think I've ever met anybody very, from Mad Men. Very nice man, Rich. Uh, Rich Summer. Rich Summer. Rich Summer. Very nice man. Very mm. funny man. I think you'd be a Rich Summer type. Okay. And st- and be Morris Morris. You don't have to play it up. See, that's sure. the thing. You don't play it up. Okay. It's not like. 
Look out, y'all. Here comes more <laughs> Hey, guys, remember encyclopedias? <laughs> Call me crazy. I still have a nice set. <laughs> that's my joke. I think you just you just present that like that's your name. You don't play it up. Yeah. And it's just sticky, and it sounds good. You got the you got the horn rim glasses. Do I need, like, a cardigan? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cardigan, and don't go with a bow tie. That's too much. Oh, okay. I say a knit tie. Mm-hmm. Get yourself a nice knit tie. Get okay. yourself a cardigan. Get yourself a slim a slim pant, mm-hmm. and I think Morris Morris is in business. You know who yeah. I would use as you know who I would use as a uh, mm. uh, an example would be uh, Cyril from Archer. Oh, okay, sure. Cyril. He seems like a can I? Okay, and I just don't know. I don't know if we're just saying this as a kind of an overall image makeover for me, but I don't know this how this applies to my stand up act. Most of my jokes are about medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I think they work. Yeah, because I think you are. You you are presenting like yourself. No, you're like a hip, fun, cool guy. Okay. And your name's Morris Morris because Morris is a cool name. Okay. I like the idea of the announcer going, here comes Morris Morris. I like the excitement behind that. Hey, okay, can I, can I just work on some, like, op- just kind of opening, not, not jokes, but, like, greetings? Because I kind of feel like I sure. should have, like, a signature. Sure, yeah. Like a signature a catchphrase. Greeting. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Uh, Hey guys, I'm here to crush some pussy. <laughs> is that is that in line? I'm not sure if that is tonally. I don't know how it fits with the character, but if it does, if you do it a couple times and it doesn't fit with the character, I dump the character. Okay, <laughs> keep the line. The line the is character. too good. Yeah. That's the kind of that's the kind of opener. Yeah. When you come on stage and you say, "I know what you're thinking," it's like so and so had a baby with yeah. so. You're just you're trying to get on the audience's good side, make a really serious connection with the audience, and I think another way mm-hmm. of saying that would be you're trying to crush the audience's pussy. Sure, absolutely. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't want them to think I'm trying to have sex with them, <laughs> <laughs> like mentally. Yeah, I mean you're trying to you're out there to crush puss mm-hmm. as a metaphor. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. seeing the pee mm-hmm. as a, and I will say one sure. thing. Can I say one thing about Morris Morris? Please. You're going to have to develop some Morris dancing material. Okay. You're at least I am something not a, I am about not, a maypole. I am not comfortable dancing. No, you material about Morris dancing. Huh. And like, what, what do you like mean by It's like a medieval that? dance. Okay. You know, something about, oh, you know, when we, you hear, you know, like in midi, right after you're done Morris dancing- yeah. You're you're tired. Your doublet is sure. soaked with sweat. <laughs> you're gonna go eat a weird bird because <laughs> you're can I, hungry. Can I, and it's the Middle Ages. Can I try another uh, opener? Yeah. Well, there's blood in my stool. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like that better? No. I like uh, crushing some puss better. Okay. Crushing puss. I don't like is... saying puss. I like saying pussy. Puss. Okay. That's a good puss opener. Puss makes me feel. Remember, blooded. what you're saying is that you're really powerful because uh, pussy is very powerful. Right. Exactly. And puss is just, you know, sweaty. Well, puss is, that's the way you call a kitty cat. Sure. Can Morris Morris make, uh, uh, can there be any kind of involvement in the show with Morris Day? Can we get him involved somehow? I would say mm. don't get Morris Day involved. Yeah. No? I would say get Jerome involved. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we need Jerome and the we need guy. that big ass mirror. <laughs> the guy that holds the mirror for Morris Day. <laughs> we need those. In the well, movie Purple Rain. <laughs> boy, do you think that I, well, is that going to be a problem? Is Morris Day going to come to the show and heckle then? 
Because I didn't ask him? Morris Day right now. I don't need that. Morris Day is on tour. Mm-hmm. Morris Day's getting that money opening for whatever, Earth, Wind, and Fire mm-hmm. at county fairs. Sure. He is not sweating it. <laughs> he is. Him and Frankie Beverly are, are uh, fucking uh, counting their money. Yeah. Okay. So he's not going to come to whatever dates I have and be pissed off that I didn't ask him? No. Okay. Look. That guy is fucking chilling out. I mean, he's got l- that bird money coming he's got that in. Bird, as long he's got that as jungle money, he's got that <laughs> ice cream money. castles he's got money. That ice cream castles well, as, money. As long as we're talking about which famous musical Morrises to involve, do you think we can get one-time Black Flag League singer Keith Morrison on this? I think you can because I think <laughs> Keith Morris is right now. He's looking at the money that Henry Rollins is bringing in, touring with his stand-up act. Yeah. Relative to how funny Henry Rollins is, <laughs> <laughs> and he's thinking to himself, "I gotta get in on this." Sure. <laughs> now, no offense to Henry Rollins, who's great, by the way. Sure, just uh, not not that funny. No, absolutely not. Pretty interesting. I mean, moderately Captain, pretty interesting uh, yeah, guy. Absolutely. I yeah, love listening to him talk. I can yeah. I can I can listen listen to him talk about the old DC days forever. Is sure. he really doing stand up? He does a thing that's like he it's spoken word, yeah. but it's supposed to be funny. Uh-huh. Wow. It's better at being in, it's a lot better at being interesting than it is funny. Absolutely. If you admire Henry Rollins, you will enjoy it. If you don't, you will not enjoy it. Sure. But right. yeah, Henry it is, Rollins it is, is great it is dependent overall. on loving Henry Rollins. Okay. Going into right. it, it's not yeah. going to sway you. All yeah. Right. It's sort of like the stand-up comedy that like uh you know the million dollar man does or whatever. What's the what are the, the what's the professional wrestler? Ted DiBiase. <laughs> yeah, like, does he do? Stand-up? I don't know. There's a that, lot of. I feel like I'm there's a lot of. There's a lot of '80s professional wrestlers like the Ultimate Wrestler or somebody. No, Rowdy Roddy Piper <laughs> yeah. is doing stand-up yes, comedy. He is. That's yes, who I'm he, thinking yes, of. He does. So yeah. it's sort of like Rowdy Roddy Piper. If you go, it's see kind of a Rowdy career Roddy retrospective. It's yeah, like, it's a review. Along with is he doing a review? For... Is that what it is? I don't is? think Rollins is doing a review. <laughs> I don't think Rollins has a dance number. <laughs> okay, so I can get I can get one time Black Flag lead singer Keith Morris to do yeah, but not something. Morris Day. But you should try and get Jerome if you've got the money. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean I do. I've got a budget for this. At worst case scenario, Wendy and Lisa. Okay, oh. like I think you can get someone. Mm-hmm. Who is loosely associated with Prince? Yeah, somewhat. Best case scenario, yeah. Apollonia. Get okay. focus oh, on Apollonia. Yeah. Sure. I shouldn't shoot for Sheila E. Mm. That's too ambitious. Sheila E. The problem here's the problem with Sheila E. I guess this also applies to Morris Day mm-hmm. and Wendy and Lisa. Super, super talented. Mm-hmm. So she's probably got like. Here's the thing: if she had fallen on hard times, mm-hmm. she could just start selling tom drums. Sure. She could sell. She could sell a tom. Once a week to pay her bills, and she could pay her bills for 20 years just from her main stage kit. Yeah. So she's not sweating it. So, so you're saying, so you're saying that whoever I'm, whoever I'm getting to join this act, which is becoming less and less like stand-up comedy, <laughs> it needs to be someone who is desperate in some way. Get which would ease. Which would apply to Keith Morris because he formed a weird uh, non-Black Flag, Black Flag tribute band that's just called Flag. I would say sad. I would say get Sheila E's dad Pete Escovedo. Okay. Ooh. Latin music legend Pete Escovedo. Okay. This is starting to I sound... really hope I'm getting see, that name. Did you guys right. say when see when Prince was on Fallon a couple weeks ago? No. No. I watched the performance. Yeah. I, yeah, I saw I did that. Too. Is that the one with his new all lady band? Yes. Yeah. I was going to ask who was in that band. Uh, just random people. Yeah. Randos. I don't know who any of those women are. It's okay. all women. Yeah. 
Prince uh, had a. I don't know if Prince Prince has a habit of sort of tr- trading in his bands. Okay. Um, and I don't know what. Are you up saying with that maybe he's? Are you suggesting that maybe he's difficult? Mm, Prince. <laughs> no. I think I think Prince has a reputation for consistent behavior. <laughs> sure, like being consistent, consistently erratic, thoughtful and predictable. <laughs> sure, are probably the two words that most most collaborators would use to describe Prince. So right now, so it's me. I'm in a cardigan and a knit tie. Yeah, I go on stage. Nice slim pant. Don't forget that. Nice slim pant. <laughs> Maybe a wingtip. Okay, I ask the audience. You could go with a simple sneaker. You like okay. a Vans? I'd say you could do that for hipster's sake. Okay. I don't know. I never. I don't like it when people are like vans with slacks, right? That looks dumb, well, right? Then don't. I'm not. Don't do wear it. a nice wingtip. I'm, yeah. So okay. So I'm going on stage. I'm in this outfit. I ask the audience. I tell them that I'm there to crush some puss, mm-hmm. right? Some pussy. pussy. Mm-hmm. Excuse pussy. me. I'm there pussy. to crush some pussy. Uh, drum solo by Sheila E's dad. <laughs> he's former, playing. He's playing congas. Okay. <laughs> former. Congas. Former. <laughs> Black flag front man Keith Morris comes up and talks about his experience, uh, you know, and as then a punk you, rock legend. And then you close with, Jerome, bring me my mirror. <laughs> 50 bucks a ticket. Gosh, Jordan. I had forgotten about that. I guess Hollywood is kind of a dark place. A it rough is. place. You know what? Well, something happened on the show when you weren't here. Mm-hmm. And I would love to bring you in on this. Mm-hmm. Me and friend of the show, Nick Adams, Nick Repeat Adams, and our friend comedian Kurt Brownaller came up with a great sitcom premise. And I can really see you in, I would say, Brian, would you say either of the lead roles? Either one. Either one. Eagle or Pelican. Yeah, it's called Eagle Eagle and Pelican. Eagle versus Pelican? I think it's versus, yeah. Eagle versus Pelican. Um, instead of just me going through the whole thing, why don't we okay. play the clip and, and you can hear and you can yeah. tell me if you're interested. Oh, this will get you. Okay, let's take another call. Hi, Jordan Jesse Go. This is Alan calling from Savannah, Georgia. I was just on my way home from work when I saw the most beautiful bald eagle fly and land on a telephone pole. The awesomest thing about it was right next to that beautiful bald eagle was a pelican. 60 feet in the air, a bald eagle and a pelican just hanging out. I don't live on the ocean. I live about 15 miles inland, and uh, I live next to a little bit of a swamp. So I guess there's some fish in there, and they're both a bald eagle and a pelican think are delicious. Love you, boys. Have a good day. Hey, I love you too, buddy. That is a great call. Now, what's that interaction like? A bald eagle and a pelican, are they like enemies, or do they just sort of acknowledge each other quietly, like a nod? The pelican is kind of, he's more like a bro. Right. He's down at the docks, and the bald eagle's a little bit of an asshole. Mm, Kind of above it all. He's a little bit aloof. Can I suggest something to you guys, though? Two words, unlikely friendship. Oh, yeah. Right? These guys are like, these guys are the best of friends. They're thick as thieves. You don't expect it. You don't expect it. Pelican, you left your fish all over the place again. Well, bald eagle, you're so uptight. Pelican and eagle. Pelican and bald eagle. One episode. It's just about uh, having 
uh, feet. Uh, webbed, feet. Webbed, webbed feet. Webbed feet. Yeah. Webbed claws. <laughs> webbed feet versus claws. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the pelican is like, I want claws. And then the, the eagle's like, I want webbed feet. And then they realize, like, oh, no, I'm perfect the way I am. Yeah, but they, like, but for, like, one episode, yeah. they make it yeah. so that, like, the, he has claws and the other one has, like, a like a mitten on. Can mm-hmm. I tell yeah. you something that happens? The bald eagle, The bald eagle goes to the fridge and he's like, where's that six-pack I left in here? And then the pelican opens up his his beak, and there's a six pack inside. Full of ice. Inside his, well, yeah, it's full of ice. Oh no, that's right. Whenever that goes in the opening anywhere. montage. That goes in the opening montage. Yeah. And they just yeah, they're just sitting on the couch together, and just reaches over and pops one off out of his mouth. Uh, oh, I love it. Showtime. Let's if you're listening. <laughs> Shameless. Come on. I think we could pitch that tomorrow. Yeah. Jesse, I mean, like, listening to that, I mean, that sitcom idea is... Hold on one second. Sure. 79. 79 right here. Sorry, I was are just... You, are you going to... Are you actually going to bid on a cattle and bring it... Just a, a Holstein. A, a, okay. Just a milk cow. All right. Just bidding on... I'm not bidding... I'm not bidding on a big jersey. Um, so as I was saying, I think that you're... 84. I think that your sitcom idea is great. I mean, frankly, and it's and I, I I'm sure it'll take off, but that'll just lead me even further down this dark path. I mean, what show, dark path? The show will obviously become a hit, right? That'll you know mean more fueling the podcast. Mm-hmm. We'll have more and more fans. They'll uh, be sending us stuff. We'll be making money. It'll be great. No, well, that mean then it'll it'll just mean more you know decadent parties and yes, you know foreign drugs and sure strange women with weird vaginas. I mean, and then next <laughs> thing you know, next thing you know, I'm high on smack and I'm crashing a blimp into the Hollywood sign. And I don't. That sounds don't like need, a good life. No, that I don't need that. Great. How about something simpler? How about a kind European person takes the time out of their day to send you a confection? I now that's something I definitely don't want any part of. Why not? I remember it happened on the show. A European, a shady European. I mean, but what, all, what, what European is? A questionable continent. Yeah, it's a yeah, little yeah, redundant to say shady European. But, yeah. but just, St- I hate to style check you on that one, but Strunk <laughs> yeah. and White says repetitive. Fair enough. But I just I don't want to be put into another situation where I am forced to eat something that a European thinks is delicious but is clearly not because they're crazy. Another situation. I don't remember any such situation. Actually, that that, it happened. that did it happen. It, it happened. Play it and prove it. Okay. Uh, everyone else in the world thinks our chocolate is gross. Yeah, because uh, it's too sour. Okay, and milky and not chocolatey enough, which is true. Totally true. Yeah, a hundred percent true about that. Okay, have some of these. Some oh of these. wow, they're why, really yeah, flat. I can see how weird, flat it is now. But why the weird mints and licorices and? Uh, just oh! <laughs> oh my god! Wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Oh. I feel like maybe I shouldn't do this, but no, hey. No, eat it. Whoa. It looks like a science project. Don't eat that handful. You see one? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Holy mackerel. Yeah, same thing. It just tastes that like. That tastes like an emotion. I don't. How do you. <laughs> it tastes like jealousy. Yes, oh. it does. It's a huge oh. mouthful of jealousy. Thank oh you for God. the mouthful. Oh, you saved my life. 
Oof. Holy mackerel. What yeah, is, I ate two. That is, is amazing. What's this? the matter with you, country? Oh, uh, I think that's real salted licorice, right? Holy crap. It tastes like a combination of licorice. <laughs> the base note is licorice. The top notes, the coating. <laughs> oh, my God. It gets worse as it goes. <laughs> it's it stuck eats, in my teeth. It eats like, it's like I just threw a handful of salt into my mouth, and it's only cut with, like, lemon juice or something. <laughs> you know what it tastes like? It tastes really similar to, like, Sweet and Low. If you ever eat Sweet and Low by itself, which I did as a kid sure. and learned don't eat Sweet and Low. Yeah. Because it just tastes like salt. Yeah, Until it's, yeah. like, activated by whatever you put it in. That's exactly what it tastes like. Sure. Hoo boy. Okay. I say I this... feel like this has, like, a third stage that it's going to go through in yes. my bowels, and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> like, this is going to activate some sort of diarrhea trigger. It's going gonna, it's gonna to exit the chrysalis. <laughs> sure, right. It's, it's, yeah. It's cocooning now. <laughs> Jordan, what about little moments? Like, to, do you have the Shelby, the one with our friend Shelby Farrell? Oh, sure, I have that. That's great. Let's let's play it for Jordan. You gotta hear, hear this one. Yeah, I think no, I think that yum, your yum, point yum, yum, that yum, we yum. do have to make a living is a really good one, mm-hmm. and because our chosen career is as a buyer and seller of corpses <laughs> for uh, medical research. Oh, I didn't choose that. <laughs> you didn't choose. Well, that. I, I you mean, were born into it. I was born it. into it. Was it. it was a family, the family yeah. business. Yeah. 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 Um, My dad left it to me. And coincidentally, we sold his corpse. Yeah. <laughs> it's what's called you. the circle of life. Did he just say, someday this will all be yours? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Shelby Farrow. She was a teen. Yeah, it was It was good. But, and I mean, I'm, you know, again, it just... It just seems like... What do you like about ranching? Give me one example of something that you like about ranching. <laughs> the dressing. The dressing? Ranch dressing. Oh, is that the clothes? No, no. I get as much of it as I want. How does that work? When you, you become have a, a rancher, you get... Does there, is there's there, a well. And on each on the grounds of each ranch is a ranch well. <laughs> What's in the well? Ranch dressing. Not cool, clear water? No, uh-uh. A Hid- milky, hidden valley, mayonnaise-y. butter milky. Yeah, <laughs> to be clear, butter milky, mayonnaise-y, You know, just delicious condiment for salads or dipping. Fries, fries, sure. Pizza, pizza. If you're in college, mm-hmm. yeah. sure. Onion rings. Ooh. Oh. Mozzarella sticks. Wow. Cowboy coffee. Savory popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> anything. You could put the ranch on anything. Same, you just, are you talking about corn dogs? I'm talking about a are you I'm talking corn? about I'm talking about a sausage that I've stuck a toothpick in and I've put in the fridge. Freezer, excuse me. Savory popsicle. Dunk a little dunk a little uh, no. dunk it in some ranch oh. that you've that you've that exhumed is, yourself from Jordan, the earth. That is as Baffling and confusing to me as the themes of the Spinner's hit song, uh, Rubber Band Man. Now, it just so happens we talked about that on the show with our friend Dana Snyder. Uh, Brian, why why don't you play that for us? Sure thing. So I've been listening to this Spinner's CD, and one of my favorite Spinner's songs is this song called Rubber Band Man. Now, Rubber Band Man is slang. A rubber band man is slang for like a hustler. Like a guy that keeps his his wad, so to speak, in a rubber band, right? That's what, you know, like a, as in the song Rubber Band Man by T.I., produced by David Banner. But the Rubber Band Man, in the Spinner song, The Rubber Band Man, it, I can't even 
so it's a really great song. So Thomas has it loaded up. And Thomas, have you have you got the track Arm to Record as well? Okay. So so I thought that we could just take a listen to Rubber Band Man, pause a couple times in the mm-hmm. verses. That's what makes it fair use. We're analyzing it. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we could just address some of the themes that come up okay. in, in the song by the Spinners, Rubber Band Man. And look, if you haven't if you're not familiar with this song, you gotta treat ahead of you. This is a great song. So Thomas, why why don't you start Rubber Band Man here? This is a really fun intro. It suggests a rubber band. Yeah. Right? And a cool fanfare, too. Like, it's really getting you ready to enjoy. Something's coming. Yeah. You don't know what it is yet, but something's Well, coming. wait until you hear the first yeah. verse, because that is the theme yeah. of the first verse, is they get your fucking ass together. Get dressed. Okay, so pause it there. Pause it for a second there, Thomas. This is the theme of the first verse is get your shit together. We do not have time to fuck around. We do not have time to wait. We don't... Give me my special hat and my special cane. Get me my good shit. Yeah, because... The rubber band is about to jam. Okay? It's like it is an epic build up for this act. Like this is gonna be this is like going to see Sinatra in his prime. Mm-hmm. Whatever the rubber band is, yeah. this is tremendous. Sure. And this is not this isn't something that was known at this isn't like about the song the rubber band was created for this song. No, this is like do you know how you hear you know you hear about when movies were just invented and they would show something where the train was coming towards the audience and everyone oh, would, would jump yeah, out right. of the way? That's the level we're at with the rubber band. Like, this is something that is blowing people's fucking minds, okay? This is some new, new shit that is really... Okay, go, go ahead and press play, Thomas. It's a great song. I love this song. You're going to lose control. You're going to shit your pants, is what they're saying. <laughs> yeah. You're going to avoid your bowel hearing this. Everything he does comes out right. Okay. Okay, so everything he does comes out right. Seems to come out right. This is, this man, he is like a man god. The rubber band man is a man god. He's, this is like nothing you'll, you've ever seen before. Okay. So they're, they're not going to see the rubber band. They're going to see the rubber band man. Well, it's unclear whether they're going <laughs> to see the rubber band, comma, man, or okay. the rubber band, band man. man. So far. Because yeah. he does put a pause in there. Mm-hmm. The rubber band man. Man. So it could be the rubber band, comma, okay. man. Although that he did just say everything he seems to do. Or everything he says, yeah. Comes so it does out. seem like it is the rubber band this man. It's just some some Jesus type, right? The, flawless, sure, the, amazing. This guy's turning coal into diamonds like fucking Superman. Let's let's listen, but listen to verse two because verse two is the verse where we really start to get information <laughs> specifics, not just hype, but specifics about his act. Wait, what? 
Oh, wait, what? Wait, I'm sorry. Excuse me? Okay, pause that. This is a hit song. Sure. A huge hit song from the late 1970s. In the first verse, we learned what an amazing act right. we're about to see. We need to get dressed up. We need a hat and cane sure. to go see this act. Okay, this is the act of the century. In verse two, we learn what the act is. A short, fat man stretching a rubber band between his toes. Then, the piece de resistance, it finally reaches his nose. Finally. <laughs> so they're going to a freak show. <laughs> This it seems like even, a circus act. It's not like he's a three-legged man. He just is putting a rubber band between his toes. Yeah. He could just be a very bored man in an office yeah. supply closet. Sure, yeah. Later you get to see his uh, little pig made from an eraser. <laughs> it is a truly boggling. He's very good at paper football. So keep playing, keep playing the song. And this is a series. The Spinners are a serious band. They perform serious love songs. This isn't a this isn't a song by Alan Sherman. <laughs> but so I looked it up on the internet. The guy who wrote the song for the spinners was okay. And then he wriggles it up. Around his nose? How could he even wriggle it to his nose? Up his gut? Yeah, boy, this they, sternum? They seem to have an unrealistic uh uh Real, like unrealistic ideas of what a rubber band can do. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No doubt about that. I'm guessing none of them have ever even seen a rubber band. Sure. They read it in the song like, oh, they all do that. It is. Is this just the product of, you know, 70s psychedelics? Is this, or is, it, is, this, is this also like a metaphor? Is this also like a Bob Dylan, I'm waiting on my man kind of thing? Or Velvet Underground, excuse me. I'll tell you what the explanation is on Wikipedia. Okay. Uh, the explanation on Wikipedia. I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna open it up on the internet so that I can um, uh, so that I can tell it exactly. So turn the music up a little. Libs are amazing, sure. Because they have all the commitment of soul music, but they're about a short, fat man playing a rubber band. Like, can you imagine being the baritone in the group? Yeah, and having to say, "What am I harmonizing with?" And you just you get one line, and it's like, and it put it on his toes, right, <laughs> right between his toes. Okay, the song written by producer Tom Bell. And singer-songwriter Linda Creed. Tom Bell is a, a one of the most legendary uh, vocal soul uh, singer-songwriter producers ever. Uh, was about Bell's son, who was being teased by his classmates for being overweight. Intended to improve his son's self-image, the song eventually evolved from being about the fat man to the rubber band man. Boy, yeah, the, the only I, I, I don't even see the journey of that happening. Yeah, well, I think it's it's mushrooms. You eat a bunch <laughs> of mushrooms and then you write a song and then. To be fair, this is like the late seventies. Sure. I think these probably guys, cocaine, angel dust, angel dust. Okay, these guys are at PCP lifting up cars. Yeah, and shit. just writing songs. Yeah, so weird. Um, 
Yeah. So what, what part of that would improve? Is it that everyone enjoys his freak show so much? That the guy's going to put a fedora hat on and a silver tip cane to go see a fat kid. I, yeah. To be which fair. Which then switch to rubber, that he's got some skill of being a, playing a rubber band. I'm imagining a top hat. Just so you know, mm. FYI, oh. a silk topper is what. Okay, I'm I, I was picturing Huggy Bear uh, sort of. Oh uh, yeah, like a know, floppy, uh, the real, sure. the, yeah, the like a big late seventies. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. What about the kind with with like uh, uh like a like a long velvet? Mm-hmm. You know that kind of hat that I'm talking oh, about yeah, with the, like a long, soft, like yeah. a plush. Some something with a something something with some nap to it. Yeah. <laughs> some um, weight, some expense. Exactly. Some so look of quality. Is this is this just a product of like and uh, and I'm no music historian. I never claim to be. Uh, but is yeah, this if you just want to talk a... to a music historian, Peter Garalmik's your man. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Not Jordan Morris. Right. Lester uh, Bangs might have a few insights, but <laughs> right. not you. Uh, is this just some sort of like? I mean, I can't get away from the thought that this is some sort of like psychedelic thing, or this is some sort of drug metaphor. Like, uh, I mean, again, this is not the genre of you music. Think this they... is not a Donovan song. You think they retconned? Right. This the... is coded somehow. There, there is a period. Mm-hmm. Where vocal group soul music went psychedelic. There's a producer named Norman Whitfield who wrote some big Motown hits in the 60s. And then when Motown went to albums in the early 70s after uh, What's Going On and and Stevie Wonder, um, he produced some albums for The Temptations uh, that had psychedelic themes. Uh, One's called Psychedelic Shack. Uh Uh-huh. That goes psychedelic shack. That's where it's at. Psychedelic shack. That's where it's at. <laughs> One's called Ball of Confusion. Mm-hmm. That's what the world is today. Um, itching it, off all my skin. <laughs> itching off all my skin is another one. <laughs> Spiders get them off. Sure. It's a sort of grand. We used to use for the KZSE news uh, in at at our college station in Santa Cruz. I used to use for the newscast music the intro to one of those songs. It was called Masterpiece from mm-hmm. an album called Masterpiece. And the intro that was just a sort of a vamp um, went on so long that I could do the entire intro. I could ju- I didn't have to edit it to make it. <laughs> I could put down this record by The Temptations, a singing group. None of them play instruments, let's be clear. <laughs> put it down, drop the needle on it. I could do the whole newscast, like three, four, five minutes over the intro to the first song on the album. Like, before The Temptations started singing, I could do the entire thing. And that was because of psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And a sort of, and a grand vision of self that one can only presume was inspired by cocaine. Sure. <laughs> so I guess, so yeah, so what are the what are the elements of psychedelic music? Yeah, you have that long, vampy kind of, um, you know, uh, wall of sound. This has a throbbing, cocaine-ish beat. Sure, yeah, well, but, but, but then you just, then you have, you know, kooky lyrics that, you know, are a metaphor for something. This seems to have this seems to, to be keep a you to balance perfectly you out, pleasant then. soul yeah. song. This Maybe they don't bit... want to like freak you out if yeah. it was like he's a guy with knife face. There's no yeah. the if you on is, your is... drugs and start like freaking Whoa. out as opposed to like, oh, it's just a happy fat guy playing a rubber band. <laughs> yeah. I'm or maybe so there's great, a version guys. of this song that does have sitars and um <laughs> rain sticks <laughs> right. and flugel horns. You think this is this what we just heard might be the cocaine remix? Sure. And there's a like a mescaline remix. Right, right. I guess that's 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 the track that I'm on right now. Okay. I No, I think that's an interesting mm-hmm. possibility. I wonder if w- what I think is he wrote, first of all, he knew he needed to have a fat protagonist. Sure. 
a fat but beloved protagonist. Initially, a Falstaffian character. Yes. <laughs> Initially, he tried to write a song, a story song, where the fatness was incorporated into what made the character so beloved. Mm-hmm. Then he remembered that people hate fat people. <laughs> he so remembered he, he himself even yeah, finds sure. fat people <laughs> disgusting and horrible. His own child was a disappointment to him, yeah. despite the fact that he was trying to encourage him. And so he then said, I'm going to need to give him some other admirable characteristic. And he looked around and he's like, stapler? No. Yeah. Okay, explanation two. Yeah. Uh you know, I think uh, it's uh, kind of uh, uh, the showbiz explanation for why the movie Prometheus is so weird is because it was a mashup of two different scripts. Uh, I guess someone had written this, um, you know, science fiction, the first humans story, and then someone else had written an alien prequel. And they liked elements of both stories, but then just mashed them up into this one script that kind of didn't make a lot of sense. I'm guessing these songwriters, you have a woman who wants to write this heroic, uh, or I forget which songwriter it was. One wants to write the Tom Bell wants to write heroic about his son, fat the, the son. heroic fat boy. But You're, then there's also... This is the chocolate in my peanut butter. Yes. Peanut butter in my chocolate. But I'd say maybe there's a Hudsucker Proxy-like boardroom of men wanting to sell rubber bands to kids as toys, as musical instruments. And they're like, why can't ah. we just combine this fat guy song and this rubber band product placement song? And that's what we have is this kind of confusing thing that is neither the one nor the other. So you think Big mm. big Rubber is behind this. Right. Well, Big Band. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jordan, it's not just silly nonsense that we do on our show. There's I mean, sometimes do we see, do something yeah, virtuous. It's educational, and I did learn what a certain song may have meant. Yeah. And that's, you know, that there's something to be said for that, I guess. Do you remember do you remember this moment? Play play the momentous occasion, Brian. Mhm. Okay, we have one more call. Let's take a listen. Your dick's to out. <laughs> Hi. Um, okay, I'm calling to leave a message for a momentous occasion. So, okay, I kind of have a two for one momentous occasion today. I'm really psyched. So the one is I've been working for a few years wanting to go back to school eventually and today I got accepted into the PhD program in civil engineering. And the two, um, the other momentous occasion, uh, today the list of Olympic athletes in modern pentathlon, which is a sport you might need to Google. So the list of the athletes who will compete in the Summer Olympics in London just got sent out by the International Sporting Federation today and there's 36 women and 36 men, and my name is on the list for those 36 women. Wow. So all right. Two things coincided, and now it's all coming together. So wow. I'll be in London in August and get to go back to school in September. So thanks. Okay. A pentathlete. I have a crush on this girl. Yeah. Holy let's, shit. Let's go ahead and Google pentathlon. Uh, and. I'll t- I'll t- Do you know? Yeah, it's like a track. It's track and field. Uh, the modern pentathlon is track right? and field. It's <laughs> that's at the end of it, you get on a pentagram. Right. And, right. right. Dan, you're thinking of the movie The Craft. <laughs> uh, I don't. I mean, that was a very. I think movie. modern that pentathlon. Was a really good movie. Here, you're uh, looking at a sprint, a long jump, a oh, oh wait, broad jump, and a, a triple and jump. A I don't know. Four slaughter. Right. A boar. Yeah. Sure. A virgin deflowering. <laughs> you have to take the virginity. Right. Uh, let's see. Pistol shooting. Woo! Ep- oh my God! Epi fencing. I think that's, that's... classic pentathlon. Uh, this I, the, the Wikipedia entry is modern pentathlon. Uh, cross country run. 
show jumping, and freestyle swimming. Is that right? What? Those are those are the most ridiculous, incongruous sports I've ever heard. Yes. Show jumping? What the fuck is show jumping? And if your crush on this girl didn't increase <laughs> after that, you, sir, do not have a pulse. What? I mean, what is that just like jumping... In, Epi- an, in an exciting way? What? <laughs> oh, no, j- a horse. Show, like a show oh, horse. Oh, shit. So not only do you have to wield a gun and a sword. Gun, sword, horse, swim. Yeah. So this is for Laura Croft only. Oh, my God. Basically. This girl's awesome. What do you think her PhD is in? The events I don't know. In- How big do you think her jugs are? <laughs> the events in indoor pentathlon are 60-meter hurdles, high jump, shot put, long jump, and 800 Oh, meters. did she say indoor? I think that's what modern women's pentathlon is, indoor pentathlon. Hey, oh, okay. ladies can do whatever they want. I like the horse shooting gun one better. Can she do that one? Horse, gun, swim, sword, and what's the fifth? Uh, pistol shooting, fencing, swimming, show jumping, cross-country run. And running, okay. Okay, those Damn. are great. Oh, wait a minute. No, this was replaced. This one was replaced in 1984 by the heptathlon. So this is, you may be right. Modern pentathlon. I think you're right. Fencing, horse racing. That's oh let's God. say this it's is, that one. That's is, better. Let's just agree because it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it's super hot. What? We're all jerking it in this recording Ooh. box. Okay, but really, what? Where do you learn these things? Yeah, I know. Like, what were like we were? You, ta- this is what exactly what we were talking about before, which is which is like there's a culture that that somehow you might come up learning fishing. Right. Yeah. Now, yeah. This exactly. This is just. I mean. What this world is, did you come up in that you're you're a you're it, like a you're like a you're like a courtesan, a super prostitute, yeah, <laughs> like a fancy prostitute that only services kings right. and sheiks. Who also needs to be a ninja. Right. Yeah, or I mean I got I brought this up this movie up on the on the show a couple weeks ago. The movie Hannah, did you see that? Mm-hmm. That it's a girl yes. who's raised in the wild right. with to, for kill for for one purpose right. to kill. Yes, exactly. So yeah, maybe either she was some sort of cabin this is definitely killer. the like the sexiest olympic event she in shooting and fencing wow. come on and then riding around on a horse it's, she's got to be a beautiful lady I, she's on a she's horse like with a sword a three, she's on some fucking zorro shit i think this, this is, is i also think it's joan from mad men just <laughs> I, because this is the greatest this may be our best all-time momentous occasion she got into the olympics oh guys she's empirically better than us. Than Gina Davis. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in Cutthroat Island. Oh, guys, can I, while I have, I know we took out our phones to, to yeah. find out what that was. I, I mentioned earlier that I guess because Facebook has been fucking us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe people aren't getting to read my Nicolas Cage tweets that I Jordan, post. we're talking about this woman getting to the Jesus. Olympics. This is Dude, valid. No one cares about it's really good. fucking Nicolas Cage. It's really funny. Can we just focus on how We're talking about face-off earlier. <laughs> Remember? It's a, it, it applies. Come on, guys. It's good. Read it, and we'll get back to the Olympics. Nothing better than a build-up. <clears throat> yeah, I read Nothing helps. Uh, funny Twitter. <clears throat> the hardest part about being Nicolas Cage is that you're having every single emotion all the time. <laughs> I read that this morning and I enjoyed it. But thank you, thanks, Dan. So, anyway, uh, back what to Olympic this. Ele- event will you be competing in, Jordan? Bunny Twitters, Twitter, nerd bunny Twitters. Why isn't that a sport? Yeah. Wicker Man tweets. Yeah. <laughs> Wicker Man lore. That's like what I got my degree in. Wow. <laughs> you know when they do the shooting, you know what they have to do? 
They have to like meditate until their heart rates slow to like almost zero, like a fucking yogi. Yeah, Why? because otherwise their heartbeats, the shaking from their ha- from oh, their heartbeat, the, the they have to shoot in between heartbeats. Oh my god! The one of the big, excuse me, one of the big things in shooting events in the Olympics is that they is that the performance enhancing enhancing drugs. Are like downers. Oh my God, that's amazing! Because they make your things that that lower your blood pressure and make your heart beat less. Wow! Just do like, they also check to make sure the contestants MP3 players don't have anything by the XX on them? <laughs> <laughs> Downer. It's real. Wow. Music's a real bummer. Jordan, I am I am looking and and I've seen this. She also sent us an email. We're invited to the Olympics. Are you really? Are we her trainers? <laughs> oh, I have some exercises to run her through. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> Holy moly. This, this girl's is, great. I mean, fuck having a child or buying no. a house or all these other yeah. momentous oh, occasions. The Olympics is the only thing any of us ever really want. The Olympics, this particular event. <laughs> if she was, you know. Well, if she was on the team handball team, team handball is Oh, yeah, is that's good. Cool. That's uh, good. Would you guys- Curling? That's like a show. That seems like a sport that was made up for the USA Network on Saturday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Would you guys give up? They your played life in... right now to be an Olympian, like you, oh, you wow. like you, you start. It's just still the same, like general personality. But Would like... we pull a Gina Davis? <laughs> yeah, that's yep. called pulling a Gina <laughs> Davis. Yeah, sure. Oh man, that's tough. I mean, I have this beautiful child. I have a wonderful wife. You're gonna be. You're gonna have an Olympic wife and an Olympic child. Do you have you heard about? <laughs> have you heard about how much fucking goes on? I know. I know. It's very exciting. Because you do your event and then you don't have anything left to do but fuck other Olympians. And, and exactly. Like that's yeah. And for the first time, you're around. Everyone around you is in is in, in as good a shape as you I know. are. Yeah. Oh, they must fuck for. Can days. you imagine? Uh, the, I know the aerobic efforts being put in uh, by these people. I hope, Sting, I hope the Sting walks are... out of that place exhausted. <laughs> oh God! And this lady can slow her heart down to zero. Who knows what sexual effects that uh, may have? I don't know about that being helpful. Yeah. She's in like a fucking Zen pleasure dome. More like fucking a corpse. <laughs> that's that's what I was talking that's about. That's what that's actually that's actually what it's like to fuck Gina Davis. Yeah. She does not try. Yeah. Uh, yep. But you know, she's a she's a regular Cupid with her archery skills. That is true. That is true. With her national competing level archery skills. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh boy, what a great girl. Should we go to England and to see where she invited us to the Olympics? Did she? I don't no. she, she really did. Oh. Yeah, okay, I'll go to that. You, me, and Teresa are sorry, Dan. What? I, is my name Teresa now? No, that's my <laughs> wife's name. Oh. And she's a standard wife. I don't mean to disappoint you. Not an Olympic wife. <laughs> mm. All right, whatever. I think, I think we should go. Yeah, I'll go to that. You should definitely Probably go. hotel rooms are really expensive. I bet they are. And it's there's a lot of, probably a lot of bombings. Where do you think the pentathlon competition competition takes place? I, I have no idea what could facilitate those. The English five woods, things. right? I mean, it has to. It's, you get yeah. your horse running around. You get yeah. your sword fight. You just come across a knight and you fight him. Yeah, <laughs> there's a fox hunt. Yeah, just randomly. Yeah. Oh, I love this. This is great. I love this. <laughs> do you think she'll give us a hug? Oh, definitely. We could live off that for months. I'll just let she her. She knows sh- how to fence. I'll just let her shoot me with an arrow. <laughs> The Olympics, Jordan. That's yeah. the wow. no, that's I, the pinnacle of human achievement. That was huge. Yeah, I mean, I guess we do have our toes dipped into the jacuzzi of world events. Yeah, 
<laughs> is that is that the metaphor they're using these days? It's, the metaphor <laughs> I'm using. it's an old uh, it's an old ranch adage. You know, I should have known that because I recently got a subscription to The Economist. And their slogan is balls deep in the jacuzzi of world events. <laughs> sure, because you can't get pregnant that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I see your point. I do think that we do do a valuable public service. Yeah. And that there is some, you know, there is some valuable content to the show. But we had, we had her back on the show. We yeah. had her back on the show. She you came had back that. on the show. Right, Brian. Was it just uh-huh. the two of us hosting then? Oh, no. Brian Husky was here. Yeah. You and me and Brian Husky, you know, we followed up. She went to the Olympics. This was amazing. P- play it, Brian. Play it. Yeah, yeah. So when we finished that last segment with Donna, I, I held Donna on the line. We were all talking about how amazing it is that she's going to the Olympics. And I was thinking... That we have this amazing listener community, the Jordan Jesse Go community. I mean, tens of thousands of people listen to this program and love it. And, you know, our Max Fun community is even broader than that. And never before has anyone in our community, frankly, done anything uh, <laughs> of merit, <laughs> yeah. contributed anything to the world. And, you know, when you're a modern pentathlete. Now, there's this. Do you know Neil Appeal? Oh, Neil Appeal, yeah. He, um, me and him play Starhawk online. <laughs> <laughs> I needed someone to play Starhawk with, right? And because none of my friends were playing it, and then up. Neil Appeal said he would play it with me, and we've been playing. We've been having a really good time. Oh, oh well, he's really is, good at it. That is contributing yeah. something. So good. thank you, Donna. That was nice to talk to you. But we have another <laughs> yeah, cause that we're going to focus. Yeah, on. Yeah. So anyway, Donna. Donna's a modern pentathlete. Uh, 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 these days, a lot of the money in athletics is flowing into your classic pentathlon. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, You're running fast for 100 yards. Biathlon. Swimming in water kind of person. Whatever. And so, I mean, we've seen you in those commercials where you ride, you run, you shoot, and then you snap into a Slim Jim. <laughs> <laughs> those are great. And then you get tackled by the Sasquatch. Yep. But but I asked Donna, is there something that we could help her with as a community that would make her trip to the Olympics better and her, you know, help her with the burden of being representing her nation of Canada in, in the Olympics. And Donna, we did come up with something. We're going to sell black market babies <laughs> for no, you. To no, make, no, no, no. That, that's Ryan, off the table? We didn't no, discuss that. that. You just... Number one... Well... It's it's been recorded, so that's kind of a contractually <laughs> no no. no I can, in a contract, someone has to exchange something for something. Well, here, uh, here you go. Hold that. No, that that's okay. a piece of dirt. Why I am I why just, am I holding this dirt? Uh, I just gave you something. And oh, now you're fuck. taking. Yeah. God damn it, husky. That's called a dirt contract. <laughs> well, I guess we're baby smugglers. <laughs> <laughs> but Donna, Donna, there is one thing that we came up with that you might need help with, and it's a good one. Can you tell our listeners what it is? A laser gun. <laughs> <laughs> Donna needs a, a new laser gun. She needs to pay for her new laser gun. And part of it is we need to get the funding for a time machine, which will allow her to go into the future. Right. Now, I know what you're thinking. Shouldn't we just go down to the laser tag center and steal a gun (laughs) from Donna? And yes, we are going to do that, but it will need to be upgraded. Yeah. Um, Donna, this thing involves, well, you got to get a circuit board, right? 
<laughs> and solder some parts. You have to cut off a robot's penis. Yeah, you have to get a laser pointer from uh, like Office Depot or whatever, and then strap that on the top. Sure. Okay. I here's what I think. I I we looked it up. We looked up how much the different parts Donna needs cost. We translated it from euros into dollars because only communist countries sell these things, such right. as Europe, mm-hmm. the communist country of Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Evil Europe. And <laughs> we, came, we came up with a number, which is $2,900. I think $2,900 is well within our capacity with the tens of thousands of listeners that we have who are already excited about getting to go to the Olympics with Donna sleep in her bed at the Athletes' Village, all the privileges that are accorded (laughs) to all of our listeners. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a really amazing experience for all of us. I mean, think of it. Every person who supports this goal to get $2,900 for Donna to get a laser gun gets to compete in one leg of the modern pentathlon. At the $500 level, you get to do the horse riding. Mm -hmm. Yeah. At the 250 level, you get to do the running. Nobody wants to do the running. Yeah, nobody wants to run. <laughs> no, get out of we can do that anyway. You want the horse to do the running. Yeah, sure. and the $1,000 level, of course, is shooting the laser gun. Yeah, and I mean, two thousand. the $2,000 level is really good because not only do you get to shoot the laser gun and ride the horse, mm-hmm. you actually get to keep the horse. <laughs> and as we said, these horses, very sticky hooves. So yeah. they're very valuable on the glue market. Tender meat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to take them through the chunk. At what level do we get to blaze with Michael Phelps? (laughs) So, Donna, I think that I think that we can do this. Is by the time that we have this show up uh, on Monday, we will have put together an Indiegogo project for this thing. Twenty nine hundred dollars. I'm in, I'm I'm right now saying, and who knows if this is the be all end all, but right now I'm putting a hundy on this. You're Me putting, personally. You're putting a Jesse I'm Thorne put, Hundy. I'm putting a Hundy on this. Wow. I'm sending $100 to this project just to kick things off. Wow. Just as a little challenge for our listeners. We're going to buy this Olympian a laser gun. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, if it sounds like we're joking, this is, this I'm is not, dead serious yeah. about this. All of the pledge levels that we just discussed were definitely yeah. jokes. If you're just tuning in, we will not explain why this Olympian needs a laser gun. <laughs> no, don't, absolutely Don't not. listen to the rest Very of the show. Very complicated. Just That's, know yeah. that the Olympics are fucked up at this point and everyone needs a laser gun. Yeah, and also you should know that you can listen to podcasts from the start no matter what time not you me. start nope, listening to Nope, I drop in right in the middle. <laughs> I'm always Lost. You just randomly drag, uh-huh. <laughs> drag the bar, Donna. I guess so. We 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 you know mentioned like sponsorship and and you know obviously there's there's a uniform and they probably don't want you altering it with patches or something like that. But if if you're if if this happens if if our if our our dudes do you know step up and buy this laser gun, will you name the laser gun some sort of Jordan Jesse Go inside joke? That's a great idea, actually. Yes, okay. absolutely. Great. I mean, the an inside joke of your choice. Yeah, I mean, you can make it any. I mean, you can name it Chip Gunson, <laughs> uh, Gun Dipson. I mean, I, I would turn it around to you guys and ask you to name the gun. I think. Oh wow! Okay, that so would be let's such an honor. Let's get the gun first. Yeah. We got to get this gun first, and then we're going to name it. Put the cart before the gun. <laughs> the go gun. So here's here's what you, the listeners, can do. Go to maximumfun.org. We'll have it there, right on the homepage. You might have to scroll down a little bit, but we will have it there. And next week on the show, we'll also give out the specific direct URL. But right now, since we haven't made the thing yet, go to maximumfun.org. It'll be there. 
we're going to get together twenty nine hundred dollars to make a young Olympian's dreams of naming a laser gun in honor of her favorite vulgar comedy podcast (laughs) come true. Jordan, I have one more bullet in the chamber. Okay. It's something that I believe in more than almost anything else. It's something that you and I and our friend Steve Agee Mm -hmm. discovered together. And it's something that I think will be the thing that convinces you after six or seven years and 300 episodes to return to Jordan Jesse Go and li- give up this life of rural idyll. <laughs> okay. So I believe how that word is pronounced. Idyll? Yiddle. It's Jewish. <laughs> y- yentl. Yentl. I think it's yentl. And leave behind this rural yentl. <laughs> <laughs> rural yentl. That's funny rural to say. Yentl. <laughs> rural yentl. <laughs> I don't look. I don't want to. I don't even want to introduce it. I just wanted to punch you in the gut. Okay. Brian, press play. Two zero six nine eight four four fun. Here's our first call. Hello, Jordan. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Go. I'm behind a car whose license plate is G Z Z Z Z Z R, which in effect is Jizzer, <laughs> and I don't understand anything else that it could be. So I don't know if I should be this close to that person or if I Jizzer. should be in awe of them. But that was I'm the behind Jizzer. That was the Jizzes original name in the movie. Right. Big baby Jizzer. I'm the Rizzo. This is the Jizzer. It would be Gizzer, right? Geezer, probably, right? Like an old man? Geezer. Geezer. I would say that, like, I'm not nuts about having two personalized license plate calls in two consecutive shows. That's pretty good, though. Geezer is pretty good. I say at the point where you have something that baffling. Mm hmm. Uh, then you're really just trying to find a way to donate to save whales. Like, that's what that's about. If I can't... <laughs> you wanted to pay the extra 40 bucks to get the whale oh, license plate. Oh, right. Yeah, sure, <laughs> you just have something so nonsensical. If yeah. I can't tell what your license plate says within three seconds, then you have fucking failed. At, Full short. A... What? Yeah. <laughs> Full short. <laughs> <laughs> I swear uh, to God, oh, if fuck. anyone, whoever gets the personalized license plate, full short, and then puts a license plate frame that yeah. says maximumfun.org around it, yeah. I will buy you an airplane ticket to Los Angeles from. Any major city in the United States, up to $500. Mm-hmm. This is a sincere offer. <laughs> first person, not every person, yeah. first person to get a license plate that says full short. <laughs> what would that be, I guess? F-O-L-C-H-R-T? I can guarantee you that has not been taken. <laughs> it depends how many letters are in your state on your state's yeah. license plate. No, that's plate. true. Right? I mean, you got to come up with something good for full short. <laughs> sure. And then you have to go to the mall kiosk and get mm-hmm. a thing that says Jordan Jesse Go, MaximumFun.org. Send me a picture. Send 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 an email to JJGo at MaximumFun.org. First person to do that, and it's real, uh-huh. I will buy you a plane <laughs> ticket to Los Angeles to come to a Jordan Jesse Go show. Jordan, what do you say? We've been friends 
for 12 years now. Mm-hmm. 13 years. Sure. We've been more w- than about one-eighth of my life. <laughs> We've been working together for almost that whole time. Mm-hmm. We're standing in a foot of cow shit, mm-hmm. surrounded by 65-year-old men in overalls. And Art Alazakis, former lead singer of Everclear. <laughs> That's true. Hey, yeah. Art! Hey. He has a really hard time bidding because yeah. he won't stop singing. Right. Well, I mean, the people know him around here, you know? So they know that if he sings in a particular way, he's bidding? Yeah. What's Everlast? Everlast is, uh, that's like a... The guy from House of Pain? That's a, Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But then he who, became a singer-songwriter, but yeah, he's different from Everclear? Acoustic, acoustic balladry. I think they these were popular around the same time. It was a blues. That guy sang the, about the blues, Ever, Everlast. Yeah, he's not, he is not a rancher. He's a, um, uh, he's like a, um, uh, a handjob technician. <laughs> like he repairs hand jobs? No, he he gives them. But in some sort of technical way? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, down to a science. Yeah. Gotcha. It's not a, it's not erotic. <laughs> Jordan, this is so fun. Come on. We're just saying facts though. This isn't creative in any thousands way. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people out there mm-hmm. want you to come back to Jordan Jesse Go. What do you say? All right. You know what? Yeah. There's there's half as much shit in Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> and that's a that's a that's an improvement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jordan, thanks for 300 episodes. 200 and 200 or so of which are good. <laughs> you know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.